for 30 plus years. I've seen every type of child grow up. Instead of giving me what I wanted, she gave me what I needed, which was truth. Don't let emotions win. Let truth win. Do your very best, and you should have a lot of fun while you do it. And the better you get at something, the more fun you're going to have at something. You moms and dads are wired with everything you need to be a parent to a great kid. Welcome to Parenting Great Kids. This is episode number 131, Hard to Believe. I'm your host, Dr. Meg Meeker. And today, I'm not going to be interviewing a guest. Instead, I'm going to be talking about attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. So it's just going to be me. I think that this is a topic that is very common. Um, It's hard for parents if you do have a child with ADHD, have a lot of questions, sometimes wonder you know, how you can help your child. So I thought what I would do in this first part would be to explain what ADHD is and where it comes from and answer some fundamental questions that you may have. The second part, which will be our next podcast, I'm going to continue my conversation on ADHD, talk about treatment, talk about things that you can do. So I think that between these two podcasts, you're going to have a pretty comprehensive understanding of what ADHD is and then how you can help your child. Remember parents, please subscribe to our podcast. Don't just download them um, because I need you to join a parenting revolution which is going in the exact opposite direction of many parenting programs that you see out there. Uh, If you subscribe to my podcast, every episode will automatically show up in your list and I promise you won't regret it. Also, please go on to iTunes and write a review of these podcasts. My goal here is to talk about issues that are pertinent to you and get all of your questions answered. Remember, we're not only on iTunes, but the PGK podcast is available on the Google Play Store and on Stitcher. Parents, do you feel like every interaction you have with your child includes conflict? Do they talk back? Are they disrespectful? Do they roll your eyes at you when you're trying to tell them something? It's not uncommon today for kids to act very disrespectfully to their parents. However, I have a solution. My free webinar, What to Do When No Stops Working, is available on my website. It's free. Go to meekerparenting.com. Click on the free website right at the beginning, and we'll talk about things that you can do when your kids won't listen, when they talk back, or when they're disrespectful. And in the webinar, I'm going to talk about my fabulous new course, Simple Discipline That Works. And friends, simple discipline does work. So if you have conflict in your home or your kids are fighting, check out my brand new webinar. You're going to love it. So parents, thanks for listening. This is episode number 131. Stay with me. Friends, I wanted to take this time to talk to you about a subject that I talk frequently to my patients about, and that's a real common issue for many parents and for many kids, um, and that is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Um, There's a lot of confusion around ADHD, and I know that um, sometimes it can be underdiagnosed and sometimes it can be overdiagnosed. And um, sometimes a lot of the symptoms in ADHD are normal kids' symptoms, but what we're looking for with ADHD is developmentally 
inappropriate levels of attention issues and hyperactivity issues. So as we go through this podcast, you're going to hear some things that I say and go, oh, that's me. Oh, that's me. Sure. Because a lot of us have a very mild form of ADHD that we live with. Maybe we don't even know it. But when ADHD becomes serious enough that it's interfering with daily life, that's when you really need to attend to it and get some kind of treatment for it. ADHD is, of course, divided into two parts. There's the attention deficit, and then there's a hyperactivity uh, disorder. Attention deficit, in my experience, is more frequent in girls. Now, I don't know if the literature supports that, but I would imagine it was. These are the young girls who can't focus on their work. They can't concentrate. They're not necessarily hyperactive. Hyperactivity with attention issues, on the other hand, I see it more commonly in boys. But ADHD is a common neurobiological condition. And as I said, it's characterized by developmentally inappropriate levels of being distracted, being hyperactive, being impulsive. It can occur at home, at school, in social settings, and usually in all of the settings in kids who have really pretty severe ADHD. I wanted to say right at the outset, one of the most brilliant adolescent and adult psychiatrists that I know is Dr. Sander Wexstein. He was on my podcast uh, earlier, and he did a podcast on anxiety in kids, which is fabulous, and you need to listen to it. But he's responsible for m- most of the information that I'm going to talk uh, about today in our ADHD. So I wanted to give full credit to him because he's taught me so much over the years about kids and um, adolescent psychiatry. So. ADHD, again, it's characterized by a developmentally inappropriate levels of all of these different things, distractibility and impulsivity, hyperactivity, and so forth. If you look at brain scans of children and adults with ADHD, you can actually see a difference between normal brain scans and ADHD brain scans. And I say that for the parents out there who say, oh, this ADHD is a bunch of fooey. You know, kids just need to learn to behave and they need to get in order. And, and we just make up this diagnosis for kids who don't behave well. Well, you know, they do need to get in order. And a lot of times they're not behaving well. However, ADHD is a clear neurobiological disorder. It's in the brain. It's there. It's real. And kids and adults who have ADHD need help. So if you have a child who has it, you really owe it to your child to get help. Studies have shown that ADHD is actually a genetic disorder. Um, It's passed on in families like breast cancer, asthma, um, height, ADHD is right in there with them. It's it's shown to be passed down from generation to generation, not just behaviorally, but through genetics. Um, we've noticed an increase in the diagnosis of ADHD. And a lot of times parents say, what is going on? You know, are you doctors just over-diagnosing it? Or, you know, where is it coming from? Have we changed a lot in our in our culture? Well, actually both. I think that as physicians become more well-versed in uh, identifying ADHD, we are on the lookout for it and perhaps over-diagnose it sometimes. However, we're also on the flip side. A lot of times kids with ADHD go 
underdiagnosed. And it's really important that we get that just right. So there's a diagnosis um, discordance there. Also, um, there's some speculation as to the effects on the developing brain, which have been exposed to perhaps environmental toxins. Um, Poverty and nutrition may play a role in this trauma. And technology, of course, you know that I'm really big on the technology piece, because even if you don't have ADHD, with the amount of visual and auditory stimulation coming at every one of us every day, it's overwhelming to the human brain. There's too much coming at us. We can't process it all at once. And it actually overstimulates our brains to the point that we can't focus on any one thing. Um, You know, our brains, if you will, are in flight or fight motion all the time. And so, of course, we can't focus on anything. Um, As far as demographics of ADHD, about 11% of school-age children and adolescents have it. It's more common in males, usually around four to one. But in adults, interestingly, it's more one-to-one. So 50% women, 50% adults. But when it's in kids, it's four-to-one male to female. Overall, most physicians believe that, and um, researchers believe that ADHD is underdiagnosed and undertreated much more commonly than we think, uh, particularly in girls and women. Because again, girls and women may not show the level of hyperactivity that boys and men do, but that doesn't mean that they're able to concentrate. And they can sometimes mask their inability to concentrate or study or read in very creative ways. So how do you know, how do you, how do you make uh, an accurate diagnosis of ADHD? Well, specifically what physicians do is they look for uh, six of the following symptoms. And, um, in, in kids. The first one is being careless. Um, the kid who's just kind of bumbling along and knocking things over and not even realizing it and just sort of acting like a, a bull in a china shop. The next one is difficulty sustaining attention. Now, this can be tough for parents because a lot of times a parent of a, a boy with ADHD who's 11 for instance, will come in and say, you know what, he'll sit down and he'll play video games for three hours at a time, but I can't get him to sit down and do his math homework. To which I say, of course he can play video games for three hours. Think about it. The video games are moving as fast as his brain is moving. So it's stimulating him. He, he, you know, the, the, the um, images and the noise are changing, 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 changing. And that's exactly what his brain is doing. So it keeps up. But then you give a, a math assignment where you've got um, numbers on a page that aren't moving and dancing and singing at you. And he has a hard time focusing on that. So don't be fooled just because your your child can watch television or play games for a long time. That has nothing to do with it. Um Kids don't listen well who have ADHD. They don't follow through on things. They avoid or don't like to do uh, chores that require sustained mental effort. They like to go from chore to chore to chore to chore. And very often it can be hard to give them a list of three or four chores to do at once because they'll get through the first two and forget what the third and fourth are. Um, 
true confession here. I have ADHD. I've never um, been formally diagnosed. I've never uh, taken treatment, but you will notice that as I go through this presentation. I have a lot of empathy for people and kids with ADHD because it's really hard because you spend 50% of your life looking for stuff. I'm not kidding. My kids look at me and go, mom, how in the world did you get through medical school? You are so disorganized and so aloof, um, but that's ADHD. Okay, so kids are careless, difficulty sustaining attention. They don't listen. They have difficulty following through. They avoid tasks that require sustained mental effort. They can't organize themselves or things around them. They lose important items. I left a laptop computer four times in major international airports. That's bad. They are easily distractible. See, I got off task. And they're forgetful in daily activities. Okay, so you tell them, feed the dog, feed the dog, feed the dog. It's the one chore that you have for the day. And they forget to feed the dog day after day. They're not trying to uh, misbehave. They forget. They forget to feed the dogs. So that's really, really important. Now, let's look at how the symptoms progress over time, okay? As far as being able to sustain attention, this develops well into the 20s. Hyperactivity tends to decrease over time, but the ability to sustain attention um, goes right into the 20s. They found that in school-age kids, the most difficult grades are the first, fourth, seventh, 10th grade and the first year of college. And I think that those are years where there's a pretty big transition when you think about it. We tend to see areas of impairment increase over time, particularly if kids don't get treatment. Another important thing is there's comorbidity, which means that there's other issues or illnesses or problems that go along with ADHD that we see a lot of in kids. And this happens with adults as well. As a matter of fact, of all the kids who have ADHD, only about 30% of them have just ADHD. The other 70% have ADHD plus something else. So we looked at the symptoms of attention issues, the carelessness, disorganization, losing items, and so on and so forth. Let's look at the symptoms of hyperactivity or impulsivity. And again, children must have six of these in order to be diagnosed as um, ADHD, hyperactivity. So hyperactivity, you'll notice kids squirm and they fidget. They can't stay in their seat. Um, They're running, they're jumping, they're climbing all over everything. They can't play or work quietly. They're always making a lot of noise. They're drawing attention to themselves, not because they're narcissistic, but they just can't be quiet. They get in trouble in school for talking too much. They always are on the go. And a lot of kids will say, I feel like I'm driven by a motor. And I've often thought of these kids as sort of being their bodies are VW cars, but their engine is a Porsche engine. So on the outside, they look kind of like a normal kid, but on the inside, their brain is going a million miles an hour. So they talk too much. So that's the hyperactivity. The impulsivity is they blurt out answers at home or in school. They can't wait their turn. And they um, intrude 
um, on others and they interrupt people constantly. So those are the symptoms of impulsivity as compared to the symptoms of inattention. So you can see that they're a little bit different. Now, from a parent's standpoint and from a physician's standpoint, who are watching kids and trying to figure out whether or not they have ADHD, it can be tricky because a lot of these symptoms are common in normal kids. I'll never forget the time I was, um, we have three daughters and then our youngest is a son and our daughters loved crafts, which is great for me because I love crafts too. And you know, we'd sit down and color and at first and second grade, they'd color in the lines and we'd talk and we'd do this. My son had no interest in crafts, but I was sitting in the couch one day reading and he was about four or five and he was playing with a friend and literally and truly they came up behind me um, while I was sitting on the couch. They jumped over the back of the couch and landed right at my feet on the floor in front of the couch. And I thought, what has just happened in my home and they'd run and run and run they'd go outside and they'd make these big huge dirt piles and they'd smash them and they'd make dirt piles again and they'd smash them and for me as a first time mom of a boy I thought this kid's really got ADHD he didn't he was just a normal boy so sometimes the symptoms are common in kids who don't have ADHD Um, there are social psychiatric and and medical problems present in a similar manner. There's no specific diagnostic test for ADHD, and that makes it tricky. Now, what we do in our practices as pediatricians and internists and um, psychologists is give parents and patients one or two different types of forms to fill out that will help us know whether you have ADHD or whether you have some other issue going on. And hopefully, as your child is taking the test or you're taking the test for the child, the questions are mixed up enough that you can't identify which is an ADHD question and what's one for maybe a mood disorder. So, not having a specific test, you know, being able to do a blood test and go, boop, he's got ADHD, makes it a little bit trickier. Um, Also, children might not show symptoms while we're talking to the kids. I have parents tell me that their child just can't sit down in school and he's always in trouble at school. And I sit with him and his mother for 20 minutes and he just sits in his chair and looks at me. And I think, hi, gee whiz, are you sure? Well, they act differently in different situations. Um, And also it can be difficult to obtain a childhood history from a parent who has ADHD. Um, You know, that can be really kind of tricky. Now, we also have to think about this, and this is something that I I talk to parents of children with ADHD a lot, and I'll often have a child come in uh, with a mom or dad in tow saying, my son's teacher said that she really thinks he has ADHD and I need to see the doctor and have him tested. And, And the teacher may well be right because they observe a lot of different kids, but in the mom's mind, she comes in believing the good teacher, um, that something is wrong and the child has ADHD. And the truth of the matter is there are other issues and other disorders that mimic ADHD. So a child who looks like they have, have ADHD may very well have something else. For instance, a mood disorder. Now think about this. If you have a child who is having some severe anxiety, 
or some depression like we're seeing now during COVID, that child will sit at school and try to do their work, but they can't concentrate and get their work done because they're so anxious or they're so depressed or they've got OCD and these intrusive thoughts come into their head over and over and over. Well, they're going to be antsy. They're going to... um want to move around, they're going to want to do anything but pay attention to their work because they're so distracted by their mood issue. So there can be mood disorders like depression, anxiety, they can have psychotic disorders, much less common, adjustment disorders, anxiety disorders, and they can have learning and language deficits. I've had kids who have come in and Either don't want to go to school or they're, they're failing their um, classes or they can't concentrate in school and they're forgetting their homework uh, it, to bring it back in school. And, they, and moms or dad says, I think there's attention issues here, but when you have them tested, they maybe have dyslexia or they have another kind of processing or disorder or a language deficit. Stress can make kids look like they have ADHD. There are other medical disorders that can mimic it, like sleep apnea. If your child is waking up constantly through the night because they can't breathe well, they're exhausted so they can't concentrate. Um, substance use, that's usually, hopefully, in older people, not kids. Developmental disorders. Um, any other medications a child may be on can keep them from being able to focus. Seizure disorders, vision problems, and thyroid disorders. So that's why it's very, very important if you suspect your child may have attention issues or hyperactivity issues or both, Take your child to the pediatrician and say, here's what's happening and here's what I'm worried about. Just say it out loud. Will you help me to figure out what's going on? And a good pediatrician should be willing to not jump to a conclusion or a diagnosis, but run some tests to say, okay, let me make sure it's not this and let me make sure it's not this and let me make sure it's not this. And so we'll weed out all of these other things and then we'll run the child through some tests and we'll, we'll make our best diagnosis that it is ADHD. So sometimes ADHD is a uh, diagnosis of exclusion, if you will. Usually not, but sometimes. Parents, I hope you're enjoying this podcast on ADHD. I need to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back with more of this podcast. Now, I talked about the fact that many kids who have ADHD also have something else going on. So, 100 kids have ADHD. Only about 32 of them have just ADHD. About 40% have ADHD and oppositional defiant disorder. ODD is a disorder where kids are in your face all the time. They argue with you. They won't listen. They won't do what they say. They're, they act like they're mad all the time. 1% of those kids has a tick disorder. Um, 14% have a conduct disorder. And about 38% have an anxiety or mood disorder. That's pretty high. That's pretty high. Almost 40 kids out of 100 who have ADHD have ADHD and an anxiety or a mood disorder. That's really important to think about as a parent. So if you're watching your child that you may think has attention issues and hyperactivity issues, watch for other things too. I'm not saying be paranoid. 
The best thing that parent you parents can do to help us pediatricians is just watch and write notes about your child. Don't give a diagnosis. Don't say, I'm scared it's this or I'm scared. Just write a list of what you see. I see my child can't concentrate. I see my child's interrupting me. I see my child's always fighting. I see my child won't leave his room. Just write down your observations. You can't believe how helpful that is um, to pediatricians. Um, There are different things that we use. There are different tests that we use to sort of rate kids. We we, um, actually give them sheets to fill out and we ask parents to fill out. Um, You know, do you make decisions impulsively? Do you have difficulty stopping activities Um, when when you're told to? Do you start projects but you can't finish them and so on and so forth? So those are the kind of questions that you're going to be being asked to fill out or your child will be asked to fill out if they're old enough. So again, be thinking about those ahead of time. There's a lot of strong feelings about what to do with ADHD from a parent's standpoint. And I appreciate this and I understand this and I honor that. Many parents with kids with genuine ADHD may say, well, they're not ADHD. They just don't behave well or they just won't mind me or they're just not disciplined enough. You know, I know they don't have ADHD. I just got to get them in line. Well, you do need to get them in line. But if your child has ADHD, genuine ADHD, and it goes untreated, you put your child at risk for a lot of problems in the future, a lot of problems. So it isn't fair if your child is is, is inattentive or hyperactive, more so than friends, to not at least have your child evaluated. It doesn't mean that the, the doctor is going to force you to give your child medication, but you do need to have an evaluation because Medication isn't the only way we treat ADHD. We try to have a very holistic approach. At least your doctor should have tried to have a holistic approach. But it's really not fair for kids who are struggling a lot to go without attention. We know, for instance, that if a child just has ADHD, okay, and it goes untreated or unmanaged, we'll say unmanaged, Eventually, it leads to disruptive behavior, not just disruptive to themselves and doing this work. They're disruptive to people around them. Um, They could acquire a learning issue because they get delayed because they can't concentrate. They fall behind their friends. They get very angry. They get very defiant. They um, can have low self-esteem because if they're hyperactive, a lot of kids don't want to be around them. Um, if they're shouting on a class in time, the teacher may not like them because they're hard to be around. So there are a lot of social issues that come into play. Um, they may lack social skills because they start to withdraw from friends because they feel like people don't like them. Eventually, as they move into their teen years, because they know something's wrong with them, because they're not succeeding at what they want to succeed at, because they feel isolation because they're withdrawn from their friends, they are more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol. They're more likely to to develop anxiety and depression. They're more likely to develop a conduct disorder. They're more likely to lack motivation because they feel like, why should I? I can't succeed at anything because I try to do my work and I can't finish my work. And in their minds, they believe they're stupid. 
They're not stupid, but this is the way kids think. And they can eventually end up with a complex learning disorder and maybe even kicked out of school. So this is a lot of problems, parents, that kids with ADHD can develop if they're not diagnosed and if they're not managed. So you really, really need to help your five, six, seven, eight-year-old child that you think may have ADHD, get them evaluated and make sure you know what your child has or doesn't have. When you look at the academic um, outcome of kids with ADHD, we find that that many of the, a very high percentage of them who, who aren't treated don't complete high school. They stay back a grade and about 10% may get suspended from school. And these are kids who aren't treated. So that's what I mean. I'm really trying to drill this home. If they are untreated, they have a very high likelihood of substance abuse. Um, 20%, 27% in the normal population is subs- of substance abuse. 55% of people with ADHD who are not treated, 55% um, end up with um substance abuse. And as far as kids who are treated, okay, they get some management, medication, lifestyle changes, and so forth, dramatically reduces the risk of substance abuse in teenagers. We found that 32% of kids who are unmedicated get involved in substance abuse, 12% who um, are medicated with ADHD, and the non-ADHD controls were 10%. So, 12% of kids get a substance abuse issue when they're treated, when they're on medication for ADHD. 32% end up with a substance abuse problem who are not medication. And again, I know that there are a lot of parents out there who are very much against medicating medication for ADHD, but that's something that you really need to take seriously and talk it through with your doctor. As I say, no good physician is ever going to make you give your kid a medication you're not comfortable with. But you need to be open-minded about all treatment options because this is a serious problem in kids that can lead them into really serious problems in their teen years and in their 20s. Think about this. Now, this is very startling. This is one that got me. Untreated ADHD has a huge impact on driving. If you look at adolescent drivers with ADHD, compared to adolescent drivers without ADHD, the accident rate is two to four times greater in kids with ADHD versus kids who don't have it. Associated injuries is three times greater in adolescents with ADHD. At-fault injuries, four times greater. And this is all around driving. Speeding tickets, two to six times greater in kids with ADHD than in kids who don't have it. Now think about that. If you've got a hyperactive 16-year-old boy versus a non-hyperactive 16-year-old boy, who's going to drive faster? Who's going to get in accidents more? Because he's looking out here, he's looking there, he's talking to his friends, he's looking in the back seat. Um, They are six to eight times more likely to get their license suspended. Those are very significant statistics, friends. So it's really important that you get your kids evaluated. 
parents, I hope you've enjoyed this first part of my discussion on attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. If you or a friend you know has an issue in one of your kids or even yourself with ADHD, please have them listen to this podcast. It's so important. And if you got a lot out of this podcast, stay tuned for part two. That's when we really take a deep dive into treatment and what you can do and how you can cope. And as we close, parents, you know I love answering your questions. So keep sending them in to me. Email me anything at askmeg at megmeekermd.com. Again, askmeg at megmeekermd.com. And remember, go to my website and sign up for my free webinar when no stops working. So parents, I look forward to seeing you in part two of ADHD. And always remember that great kids are raised, not born. Hey, this is Bobby, producer of Meg Meeker's Parenting Great Kids podcast. Thanks for listening. And because of your dedication to raising great kids, Dr. Meg's Parenting Revolution has grown to over 3 million downloads. Head on over to Facebook and Twitter and follow at Meg Meeker MD and check out what's new at MegMeeker.com. And while you're there, sign up for the newsletter to stay updated and get information about giveaways. Don't forget to share the podcast with other parents. Subscribe so you won't miss anything and leave us a review so we know how we're doing.